Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dell Assistant Nation podcast. My name is Kevin Henry, founder of the Dell Assistant Nation. I'm so glad you are on with us today because we're going to talk about a hot topic. And I will tell you, whenever my dear friend Mary Gavoni reaches out and says, we need to talk about this, then I hop. It is a, you know, how high do you need me to jump? Yes, ma'am. I'm there. So, Mary, thank you for reaching out and talking to me about this big topic we're going to dive into. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Um, and I do appreciate that you are so willing to um, dive into these hot topics and keep dental assistants informed about what's happening. And I think that one of the concerns you and I have discussed is we have so many new dental assistants in the profession now that don't have a lot of experience. And so if they hear in all the news releases, which have happened over the last couple of weeks, that the ADA has said we don't need to use lead shields or lead aprons. I like the term that's used in some of the articles. We'll talk about patient shielding, that they don't have to use it anymore. Um, then they think, okay, let's just throw out the lead aprons or let's fold them up and put them in the closet. Um, and that may be too quick of a reaction. So back in August, the Academy of Oral and Maxillofacial Radiography published recommendations um, from a study that they did on patient shielding, and they found that the shielding isn't necessary anymore because with digital um, imaging systems, the radiation risk is so reduced, and because the collimation is so good in these systems that the primary beam is contained, so the scatter radiation is, is greatly reduced, if not even eliminated. And they also showed, all evidence-based, that the damage to body structures is minimal. It's greatly reduced because the radiation dose is reduced. So these recommendations then were published in the Journal of the American Dental Association, and subsequently the ADA came out just a week or so ago with their recommendation that patient shielding is no longer necessary. And I don't disagree with that at all in most cases, and this is all evidence-based. And then the further recommendation is discontinuing using a thyroid collar because the thyroid collar can um, block certain structures when you're taking extra oral images, so like a pan or a SAP or a CBCT. So we may not be able to see what we need to see. And then if thyroid collar was blocking those structures, we need to take the radiograph over again. And so now we've doubled the potential dose of radiation to the patient. So the, the information is there. It's supported not to do the shielding, but um, there's some other things we need to talk about and especially for dental assistants to know. And that's where I want to dive in. And, you know, and first of all, thank you, because seriously, you reached out to me and said, this is something Dell assistants need to know. We are turning this around, not only here on the Dell Assistant Nation podcast, but also on DrByCuspid.com, where I'm the editor in chief. So we can really maximize this, uh, you know, this knowledge. And so thank you for that. So here, here's the big question. Do we just get rid of the lead aprons? I mean, are they a thing of the past now? I mean, where do we go from here with this kind of little bit of a mixed message show, you know, in my mind, maybe that some new dental assistants may be hearing. 
Absolutely. Well, the answer is, and everybody hates this answer, the answer is it depends. So the first thing that dental assistants and the other team members need to know is if their state dental board, like California and some other states, requires the use of patient shields, then they still have to do it. They can't stop doing it. Now, I have heard it, the the talk of the you know some of the information from different states that the state dental boards are looking at this and they're looking at potentially changing um, the state dental board rules. And that's great. But until they're changed, then dental practices have to comply. The other thing to remember is that if a state was going to change their rules, it's not going to happen like in a couple of weeks. Changing or amending state dental rules takes a long time. And I would say months, if not years. So it may not happen for a while. So one of the resources that I'm going to put on my website for um, your listeners is a link to all the state dental board websites. So if someone is not sure whether their state dental board requires patient shielding, they can go to the state dental board, look at the rules and actually do a search in the rules and find out how to do it. I'll put some instructions about how to do the searches too, because many times those rules are kind of overwhelming to, to look at. So based on that, we don't want to get rid of the, the patient shields yet. But there also are a certain number of practices out there that are still using traditional films. They haven't converted to digital radiography. And we know that those analog systems still have a higher radiation dose exposure. So the studies are all based on digital systems, not the analog systems. So we need to be careful if they're still using um, traditional films, then they probably should still use their patient shielding. So those are some issues I think that dental assistants need to know about. But if the dental assistants find out that it's not a state-related issue or state-regulated issue, their state board doesn't say they have to use a patient shield, and they're using digital radiography, then they could put the, the lead aprons or the patient shields away. But you can't throw them in the trash because lead is a hazardous material, so they would need to recycle them. But I would still keep at least one just in case, because an issue we'll talk about a little bit later is that patients may still want it. And I think we have to comply with that. You read my mind because that's where I was going next is that, you know, we know that there are some patients that are very fidgety whenever it comes to digital radiography, the exposure, all those things like we've discussed in the past. So is it almost a fail safe to keep one, even though technically you may not be required to use it for more of a peace of mind type? Absolutely. I mean, we have a difficult enough time convincing some patients to have radiographs at all, let alone now we say, oh, we don't need to use this anymore. And they'll say, well, in that case, I don't want them. So I think it, it, behooves all the team members and the dental assistants who are so frequently involved in x-ray um, exposures to be prepared with, you know, what do they say and, and how do they explain it to patients? 
and, and I think this is a great opportunity to make sure that the entire team is on the same page. That way the dentist says, oh, you don't need to worry about it when the assistant's been prepping the patient that they do need to. You know, I think that this takes some communication behind the scenes before you ever have that discussion with the patient in the chair. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we don't want to, as you said, be um, presenting a mixed message where, you know, the, the doctor who's the authority in the practice says, nope, don't need it. But the assistant may be saying, well, yeah, we may still do need it. And um, putting some doubts and distrust of the doctor or the assistant, we don't want to create that kind of situation. So I think this would would be best served by the team having a meeting and sitting down and actually reading through the studies. And I'm going to put those on my website, links to those, so that team members can actually go and read the studies, see what the recommendations are. And then based on that, having that background knowledge, then they come up with what is going to be their spiel, if you will, to the patients um, and I think tell them ahead of time. So whether they put something on their website or they put maybe put a poster in a treatment room saying we've made some changes. If you're having um, your x-rays today, we've made some changes and this is why. And even having those studies available, those articles available for the patients to read, because we all know that there are those patients who are reluctant to have um, radiographs taken. And if we can inform them and show them these peer-reviewed evidence-based studies that conclude that it's not necessary, hopefully that will help convince them that we're not hurting them, we're not harming them by not using the shielding anymore. And it might even help convince them not to push back on x-rays so much because of the um, minimized radiation dose. I mean, I just had surgery on my foot last summer. And of course, as the doctor was monitoring the healing, every time I would go every three weeks or so, I would go for a post-op um, progress check. They would take more x-rays of my foot. Um, but it's digitized and they explained that to me that I didn't need to worry. They were very proactive. I didn't need to worry about the radiation dose because I was a little concerned that, oh my goodness. Um, but they also said that, um, I need to tell a healthcare provider, for example, if I was sick and needed to have a chest X-ray or, um, if I were going to have other X-rays taken. So that's something that we also need to be, if we're recommending x-rays to our patients, we need to be asking them as well. Have you had any other medical x-rays recently where, unless it's an emergency, we might even want to postpone. So it's really about, as you said, having that conversation first with the team, get on the same page, and then especially giving the dental assistants uh, a great deal of confidence in being able to explain to the patients why we do what we do. Hey, a reminder, we're on today with Mary Gavoni, CDA, RDH, and absolutely a tremendous advocate for dental assistance and a dear friend. We're talking about lead aprons, the radiology requirements that have come down, and some, some questions that are out there about those. 
and you know, and Mary, whenever we're talking about communicating with patients, it sounds silly, but I envision that this is a great opportunity to take to social media a little bit and really get that message out there and, and kind of show the human side of, Hey, this is what's going on before you come into the practice. Here's what you need to know and kind of pique the interest a little bit or maybe some, uh, you know, patients as well. Oh, I, I think so, because I'd rather have the patients be prepared um, so that we don't surprise them. Oh, by the way, you're due for your um, bite wings today. And, oh, we're not going to use this shield anymore that we told you before was such a good thing to use. And then we might have made a big deal again about the thyroid collar and all that. And now all of a sudden we've taken it away. I would much rather see those types of focused um patient-oriented social media posts by practices than some of the craziness that I see right now. I mean, there's time to have fun on social media and portray certain situations, but it makes me crazy when I see these people not wearing appropriate PPE and maybe not setting the best example. So why not focus? The silliness, again, has its place. But why not focus on these patient-centered treatment issues that help you gain treatment acceptance where I'm not sure the comedy could necessarily be linked to increasing case acceptance. And then the other issue is, what if the patient says, I don't care what you say, I want that shield anyway. And there will be those people who are going to be offended. And so dental assistants... I think any of the team members should be prepared to reply or to comply with that request. But again, educating them, it's really not necessary. And when we do this, we won't be using the thyroid collar because we know it can block structures and we're happy to do it. But you know what? We'd also like to give you some information that you can read when you go home to understand why we have stopped using it routinely. And I think that'll hopefully go a long way in helping to maintain our patient's confidence in us. And, and that's what it's all about, is making sure that they feel like that we are truly the physicians of the head and the neck. You know, that this is our space to really be those, those experts in. And whenever you talk about that, you know, it, it may block some structures, you know, it's a good time to talk about oral cancer and maybe, you know, bring that up. That that's something that we're very concerned about as well. Again, reminding the patient that you're taking care of them, you know, the whole oral cavity and the whole oral systemic length that we love to talk about. Absolutely. And we've all heard the stories over the years of patients whose blocked carotid arteries were discovered in a dental practice taking a a pan and potentially saved them from a stroke, potentially saved their life. So we don't want to block that potential. And I think there's just so much more that we could do. Um, and, And this whole issue about discontinuing the use of the shielding, I think, opens up the door to having better information sources available for our patients about radiography, having better conversations with our patients about radiography so that they feel as informed as they should be and as involved in their care as they should be. I love that. And I love the whole 
preparation side of this. As you said, you're you're going to link on our website. We're getting ready to give you that link. You know, talk about, go to your state dental board, know what's going on, talk to your team members, have a plan in place and be prepared because you may have that patient that surprises you and says, no, I do want the apron and be prepared for that and don't act like it's a surprise. You know, I think little things like that along the way make a big difference whenever it's a hot topic such as Absolutely. So I mentioned previously that I will put links on my website to the the studies that were done. The ADA has a new one on um, optimizing radiation safety, a new article um, that talks about um, radiograph- radiographic studies and, and so forth and, and frequency. And I think we all need to have a little refresher on that. So the um, Academy of Oral Maxillofacial um, Radiology article, the ADA article, the links to state dental boards, and some talking points for patients and some suggestions about um, where to put this information out. Like you said, social media, I like it on websites and all those things, all the ways that we can get the message out that we're keeping our patients as safe as we can. And those resources can be accessed on my website at marygovoni.com. And we're going to make sure to have that link in the show notes, easy to find. So you can click on it. You can find this information. And God bless people like Mary out there that are doing the homework for you. And they're serving it up on a silver platter. So Mary, you've you've always been at the forefront of making sure assistants are not only educated, but empowered as well. And I really appreciate you doing this, as well as all these years that you've been right there by the assistant side. Well, and you know, Kevin, that I appreciate you for um, being the the uh, banner bearer for for dental assistants, and and I think it it takes a village to um, elevate the profession, and and I hope that that is the ultimate um, result of everything that we're doing. Absolutely. That's what it's all about is making sure that assistants have the knowledge they need so that the patients are more comfortable in the chair. It's a domino effect. And Mary, thanks again for being on today. And again, for suggesting this topic, because like I said, you're the one who reached out to me. And I'm really glad you shook that tree and said, hey, we need to do this. Absolutely. I'll be happy to shake the tree anytime it's appropriate. <laughs> That sounds good. Well, okay. We appreciate all of you. Hey, there's a topic you want us to cover here on Dental Assistant Nation. Reach out. Absolutely. Reach out to me at kevin.henry at scienceandmedicinegroup.com. That's my email address at Dr. By Cuspid. Make sure you're signed up for Dr. By Cuspid as well. Until next time, you're on the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. Kevin Henry signing off and wishing you nothing but success ahead.